0: Welcome back to the Creators in Saigon podcast. So I want to thank everyone so much who has been listening for this past season. It's been so fun to hear everyone's feedback and positive encouragement. Uh, It's just been so special and I really appreciate it. Put a lot of work and love into this project. So I'm just so grateful for everyone who takes the time to listen. Every single download is just so cool to see. And I know that in the last episode, I said that it would be the final episode for this season but I have a special surprise for everyone. So this is a bonus episode for season one, and I am joined not by one person, but two people this time. Super exciting. So I've decided to switch up the format of this show a little bit. I want to do some experimenting. So with that being said, One of the changes is I will be having a co-host now, and you guys have actually been introduced to her before in season, no, not season, episode three of the podcast, and so that is Miss Lam. Hi, everyone, (laughs) and thank you,
1: Dana, for having me here. It's such a blast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so the reason why I chose Lam, first of all, she is just such a dear friend, and we pretty much meet up once a week to talk about life anyway so we were kind of like why don't we just get on the show together like what are we doing and also she's Vietnamese so I think it's super cool and interesting to have that kind of bringing in that Vietnamese perspective to the show as well um and she's just an awesome person so (laughs) I think that's good enough reason right there uh our guest for today for the special bonus episode. She's filming me talking right now <laughs> because she is a blogger and travel Instagrammer, uh, Miss Millette. Hello, hello, everyone. Yes. Yay. <laughs> yeah, so um, she actually doesn't currently live in Saigon right now, but she used to, how long ago? Uh, two and a half years ago. Two and a half which years. Which pretty
2: surreal because doesn't feel like that
0: (laughs) yeah and some people might know you by another name
2: yes in a past life I went (laughs) she was a spy Izzy yes I have many aliases (laughs) no um you formerly used to know me as Izzy Polito well back in the days um but I've just reclaimed my name which is a completely different story but Millette. officially Millette these days all right, guys, Millette. Don't not get me. it wrong. Mill, Mills, Millette, but not Millie. That's what I was hesitating on. I was like, which one do I not like? Mills Daddy. <laughs> Money Mills. <laughs> That's what my Money d- Mill. DJ name would be, I guess. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. I love it. So I will, well, I'll let them intro themselves a bit more, but um, I just want to explain also for kind of the new format. I think that having three people is a nice round number for a conversation um, and also, you know, when you're first starting out with something new and you're just trying to figure out how to do it, especially with a podcast, you tend to look to people who inspire you and who have done it well before you and you're like hey that works for them I'll try it that way Uh, and so I was definitely very much mirroring a structure that I had seen in another podcast called um, the school of greatness Mm -hmm. and I just love and respect uh, Lewis Howes who does that podcast so much Um, so I was kind of trying to have that work for me and after a while I was like you know I'm getting good feedback on this, and I have loved the past few interviews, um, but it still didn't sit quite right with me. It didn't feel, qu- I didn't feel quite aligned with how it was. And I just wanted to go deeper on a specific theme with a guest and with a co host rather than just kind of a shallow layer of like a personal life story kind of thing, although personal yeah. stories are so important and mm-hmm. it's like such a part of who a person is and how they got to where they are. Um, but I also just think that going deeper on one specific theme is also really valuable. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Um, so, Lom, back when we first had our podcast, first of all, <laughs> this is hilarious because when we did... The, she was the first person that I interviewed and I had no clue what I was doing and like we said in that episode we were both sitting under a blanket
1: in my room sw- in her room
0: sweating profusely like I I was like no we cannot have the air conditioning on
1: because yeah. the sound
0: is going to be in the background uh, <laughs>
1: And I'm being such a good friend. i was just like, okay, if oh, that's yeah. what is needed oh, to yeah. get this done,
0: let's do it. Yes, <laughs> we we can't even we can't even breathe under there practically, yes. and she's she's just like still going. I'm like, wow, this is friendship, <laughs> gold. <laughs> yes, and now look at us. Like you were just saying. I mean, Lam was being so sweet. Like look at us now where we got real headphones on we got these real microphones in our face I want to shout out to Waves Vietnam uh, they have a real professional recording studio here for podcasts so they want to help you if you have a podcast come on down to District 4 <laughs> and record your podcast here they are so sweet they set you up with fun music if you want that and and lights and you yeah. know yeah, it's awesome. So, Lam, you you back then you didn't really have a clear like way to explain who you are and what you do. I mean, I think in the podcast you did really well, like yeah. you what you said made sense at that time, mm-hmm. but I think you've kind of transformed and pivoted over these past five months. So yeah. Oh my can, god, it's been five months. Yeah, I think so. Wow. That was back in June or July maybe.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, it's
0: November now. Time (laughs)
1: flies. Time is flying. (laughs) So
0: can you tell me what you tell them what you told me yesterday?
1: Okay, so yesterday I uh, came over to her place just to talk briefly about what we're going to say today and who's this girl, I Milla is. (laughs) (laughs) Money (laughs) Mills. Money Mills. (laughs) So, um... I just share with her that um, recently I found out that um, I am an empath. So for those of you that not familiar with the term, so basically scientifically uh, it can be described as someone was born with um, hyperactive mirror neuron system which means uh, so the, the mirror neuron system is responsible for empathy. And I'm, I was born with like overdeveloped uh, mirror neuron system. So it's just like um, very natural for me to mirror people's emotions, thoughts, even like images they have in their mind. So basically I can feel, I can sense that, I can see that. And yeah, like some people they can say, oh, so you're a psychic. Like, okay, that, that can be put in that way too. But basically, um, I'm an empath with uh, just, like, extra sensitivity and super connected to people, you know, whether I like it or not. It's just like I was born this way. And um, so um, so I watched a, a YouTube video. Shout out to, to, to him. His name is Kurt Duncan. He's an amazing guy. And he's also an empath. <clears throat> and so he said, well, so... I know that if you say that you're an empath to many people, they'd be like, ooh, what's that? Mm-hmm. Like, this is just like kind of witchy. Um, so you can use another terminology as in a mentor. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But when you say it like that, then it's easier for people to take in. And so I realized, okay, I, I that's what I, I've been doing. I'm a mentor. And to be like specific, what I do is First of all, I listen to people, not just what they say, but energetically. Like with my whole being, I feel them. I listen to not just the fragments that they tell me, but also, you know, things that they don't want to tell me or even things that they're so unconscious or they just like edit themselves for so long that they don't even know how truly they feel anymore. And so I listen to their stories Uh, that's the first step and the second step is because I can listen to the whole being so I can see the whole story the whole picture which they cannot see and then the third step is I help them to find the missing links Mm -hmm. to connect all those pieces so they can see the whole picture as I do for them so in a way that's how I, I, I do I help them to gain more clarity about their life, about their patterns, um, uh, what their what happened in the past is connected to the present. And if you're more aware of what happened in the past and in the present, then naturally you can kind of predict the future. You're mm-hmm. the psychic yourself, and that's what I do.
0: I love it. And how did you
1: find out that you are an empath? Well, intention. <clears throat> yeah, because I've been having this, like, intention to find out who I am. You know, like, not to be defined by what others tell me mm-hmm. to do or to be. It's just like, there's something in me just keep saying, like, speak the truth, speak the truth. Like, every day, my conscience or, I don't know, my higher self or whatever, like, that's impacting. Uh, just speak the truth and every day I'm just like, okay who am i and that uh, kind of focus that kind of intention the willingness to find out who i really am first of all and what makes me happy you know like what what i do that makes me feel like there's a meaning there's something that's worthy enough for me to get up tomorrow and be excited for it you know to get out of my bed mm-hmm. what is that and so for i think it's been 5 months yeah, and voila, found yeah. the answer. There it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's an excellent segue into um, what our theme of today is, which is intention. But before I really jump into it, I also want to give Millette a chance to introduce herself as well. So actually, we were introduced by a other another um, podcast guest, Francis from episode two I almost Uh said season two again (laughs) I'm like wait (laughs) yeah um so you guys knew each other back in the day back when you were still Izzy and uh yeah what when Francis when Francis introduced us and then you messaged back and you said yeah I'm I'm here I'd been following your podcast and I was like oh my god really (laughs) like you What (laughs) I'm just always so shocked when people (laughs) tell me they actually listen. I'm like, oh my god, (laughs) thanks, guys. Um, but then aside from that, she said that she is back here on a creative immersion, and I was like, ooh, what does that mean? Mm -hmm.
2: So Jump on in. Yeah, um, well, that was definitely hard to follow up because I'm in the presence of greatness over here with um, (laughs) all the eloquence. But yeah, like I said, I'm Millette. Um, I lived here two and a half years ago. And I think in my own journey, um, I had come from a seven-month backpacking trip, and I kind of ran out of finances in Vietnam. So I've always believed that the universe tells me things, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of like in a dance with the universe. So I was like, okay, I'm, you know, financially inequipped here for a reason. I think that's my own positivity, my positive spin on the situation. Um, But I found myself kind of like adrift. Um, And given the circumstances, I had tried to be a teacher here in Vietnam and, you know, faced some discrimination uh, based on my Asian heritage, um, you know, on face value. They can't, they yeah, can't see They you. can't see me, but I'm a brown person, <laughs> that's for sure. You know, an Asian face trying to uh, lay my claim in the... Uh, you know, white dominated English industry here. And so instead of feeling sorry for myself, I was like, well, what can I do to pivot? Um, And pivoting drew me into the editorial space. I had a blog, so naturally I was writing um, and I found so many different creative mediums here um, who were looking for you know, native English writers. Um, So I put my foot in the door and the rest is history. And I found a really great community of creatives here in Saigon back in 2016 to 2017, welcomed with open arms, uh, really honed my voice. Um, And that's why I really liken Vietnam to a home, because I think it was like home for my soul, which is (laughs) so cheesy. I think this episode, too, I'm going to be really dredging up a lot of cliches, but it's so amazing for your whole life you find that, yeah, exactly what um, Lam was saying, you're editing yourself, you're editing yourself, and it's really cool, I do graphic design, so I do a lot of revisions and edits, and you know, um, it gets a little exhausting, but I feel like Saigon was the place where Everything I loved about myself, my creativity, um, my desire to eat, it's a very street food friendly place and that's like my kind of um, ideal eating situation. Just everything, it, it lit me up and I, I bloomed and I thrived. Um, so I only was here for about a year and a half, went back home to the United States and found myself kind of being in a routine state I was trying to hone another side of myself there, my professional self, but um, didn't feel like you reconciled with my personality. Um, but I recently got married and this, Yay. I promise, always has like, a, it'll all connect in, in oh. a second, but, yeah. um, the passions that I've had in life, event planning, that lean into my, you know, organization skills, but the creativity of planning a wedding where everything is limitless. You know, mm. they say like on your wedding you get to design your dream day, and I was like, oh, okay, the, you know, free <laughs> reign, um, and it really was just like, wow, okay, I, I feel like I've kind of found something that I'm good at, and finally, that whole idea of togetherness, and I'm also a very service-oriented person, so when the wedding day rolled around, I was basically the bride and the wedding planner and the wedding coordinator and the translator. And uh, I also got married in Mexico. So that was really, really fun. Um, But at the end of the wedding, not only did I get to marry the love of my life, but somebody was like, you should do this for a living. And by somebody, it was actually multiple voices who were like, you should do this for a living. And all of a sudden, and, and I had a lot of runway, actually. I was planning my wedding for 19 months. So for 19 months, I was just doing something that I loved. And I was like, OK, I, f- I feel a s- similar like sense of home. Um, and also, bringing it back to Vietnam, one of my bridesmaids um, lives in Vietnam, and she traveled all the way um, to be with me on my special day in Mexico. and. She also like she just reminded me just how special Vietnam was to me because she carried all these tokens from friends here, you know, who couldn't be there because of, you know, the physical distance they would cross and also the finances. But Mm -hmm. um, it was just so special. And I came back from that wedding feeling rejuvenated, feeling purposeful again. And in, in a sense, I told my husband, I was like, I think it's time for me to come home. And by home, I meant Saigon. So (laughs) it was. Welcome home. Thank you very much, (laughs) long winded story. Uh, But yeah, I've been here for the last um, three weeks and it's been a homecoming for sure. I'm feeling so inspired. I'm feeling so passionate about everything, and and it's really interesting because I'm not an expat, but I'm not a tourist, mm-hmm. and I know what both feels like. And so I've noticed myself, you know, being able to pick and choose everything that I love about Vietnam. I and mean, right, isn't that what intention is? Is like that ability to focus in on something. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's been great. I've never had like when I was living as an expat it was easy to get like pretty downtrodden about the bad days but now that I know that I have like a limited time I'm only focusing on the joyful things about Vietnam and even the things that would irritate me like I've gone through some harrowing things uh <laughs> with cockroaches that fly what the heck um and you know like the pollution is definitely rife yeah I'm yes, like choking throat, yes is really
0: messed up right now
2: yeah it knocked me out for days but I was not like Dang it, Vietnam, like why are you doing this to me? <laughs> why did today? I come back here? Yeah. yeah, it was like, oh Vietnam, like <laughs> yeah. and you know, the You're next so day's a new day. I was like, you silly nilly. Um <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's pretty pretty amazing um, to be back here yeah. in my creative space.
0: Yeah. And I think so many people would resonate with everything you said about how you feel here specifically. Like I think that's why you run into so so many expats who have been here for years like and they don't it's always the same story where it's like i didn't necessarily like decide to be in vietnam it's more like yeah i was traveling southeast asia maybe i ran out of money or you know you kind of just end up in vietnam somehow and then you're like huh
2: this this place is pretty great i
0: I think i'll stay here
2: (laughs) so but you're you're going back to the states right i am so this is Three days and counting, Aww. and it, and it feels yeah like it feels very kind of um, metaphysical in the sense like mm-hmm. I know I have to go back. Um, I'm actually leaving my husband or like have abandoned him for our first Thanksgiving together. <laughs> oh. I know, which is a huge affront in American culture. Yeah, no, he's great though. He's like I'm so happy you're happy, and I was like, Aww. well, that's that's pretty special. Yeah, um, but yeah, and but the thing though is uh, what I've learned too is about. You know being like you you have intention you carry intention somewhere you go I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything you know mm-hmm. I came here with a purpose I've accomplished the purpose I have a list of said purpose and I'm like mm-hmm. ticking the boxes as they go people and places and things and it feels good there is not a lot of room for regret and there's not a lot of room for you know woe is me mm-hmm. um, Though I do have kind of a, like a melancholic personality. So I'm always like, I miss you already. <laughs> and everybody's like, you have like 72 hours left. And I was like, I know, but let me be sad right now.
1: <laughs> oh no, t- yeah, I
2: can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So Lam, how do you feel when when someone is so like
1: loving of your country like that? Well, actually, when she was talking about uh, your friend, uh, the one that flew all the way to your wedding. Yes. And- Carry all the tokens from Vietnam. I was getting so emotional. I was tearing no, up a bit. No. I I could feel that like you really value that. And also like I feel like, yeah, that's even though yeah, there's a lot of things like annoying here in <laughs> Vietnam, but there's something I cannot deny that Vietnamese really like warm at yes. heart. Like we're mm-hmm. so like, I don't know, like family oriented. Yes. And once like, we consider you as like family or even friends. Like we do everything for you, mm-hmm. and that's why I think that's why I'm I'm still here because I really love my country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, besides all the cockroaches flying. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, they can fly. I did not know that, and it's not something that I am proud yeah. to have learned firsthand. But eye VR. opening,
1: eye opening. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What was the what was the story that you were going to tell me when we oh, oh my gosh, that story. Uh it was basically I think I I've said it long enough so I've really rehearsed this script but <laughs> Um, I was sitting at another friend's house. You're in house, your mirror in the bathroom, like, okay, Mila, like, <laughs> <laughs> let me tell the story just like this with a little bit of action. I wish you guys can see it because there's a lot of hand gesturing right now. So anyway, um, I've actually still been um, working. So my current job, um, by day, I'm an event planner and program coordinator for a woman technologist nonprofit. But by night, you know, I'm like this creative spirit, you know, doing my blog. Um, so even being here, um, and and the cool thing about the job that I'm in right now is that um, I've been able to work remotely Um, but that being said I'm battling a 15 hour time difference so for all the things I do during the day I get home back to work and and attend to my full-time job so anyway I'm on my night shift everybody's sleeping in the household that I'm in Um, had a sweet friend who let me sleep over and as I was doing my work I saw Papa Roach crawling underneath (laughs) uh, my table and actually I did know that they fly flew previous to this okay so everyone I'm Filipino uh grew up in the the Philippines and um I know I know my roach game like I can freaking kill those things I'm not scared because they run and they scurry but I'm the bigger person in all of this but when I came here back in 2016 I lived next to the river so you obviously know like there's there's a lot of like roaches creepy yeah creepy crawlies in and out and so I remember my husband was like ah there's a cockroach and he's grown up in you know the United States all his life so he was just like terrified sorry babe if you're listening right now um putting you out there so I was like yeah, so I got this yeah I was like I got this and I lunged for this cockroach and all of a sudden it takes flight and I was like what is this I was like this mutant roach oh my gosh <laughs> I mean and then I panicked I was like shit I've never seen that fly and please edit that if I'm not allowed to curse on this but man it was the scariest thing of my life so ever since then um it took us about two hours to kill that cockroach not gonna lie Whoa. very shaken up by it and then I was like babe um I, I can't do that again like you gotta you gotta step up for me like I'm gonna go into my gender role and uh yeah, you gotta man up but we got everything we got bats we got cockroaches I actually hate lizards so he he did a good thing like he used to like scoop up the lizards and throw them out of the window he's like are you happy now and I was like I am and a happy me is a happy you so there yes. we have it so Back to this story, flash forward, so I know Papa Roach can fly, so I'm like, okay, take deep breaths, and, it's, and I left all of my stuff on the floor. So it's crawling all around my things, and I was like, God, why, why is this happening right now? Um, two hours of me doing this, and I'm also having two meetings, hours? so like, I'm like, by the way, my dear supervisor, I'm actually really scared of this cockroach right now underneath <laughs> me. She's like, oh my God, what's happening? Like, where are you? Um, <laughs> So, by the time I'm, like, rolling into bed at, like, 2 a.m., I'm doing parkour. And I don't know if you know the parkour <laughs> sport. Yeah. yeah, you're basically, like, crawling, holding <laughs> your breath in, making sure you don't touch the ground. Yeah. yeah. Get into my bed. And I usually keep the lights on when I have, like, mm-hmm. the shifts because, like, my shifts are, like, from 10 a.m. to 2. I mean, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. and then like 5 a.m. to um, 10 a.m. in the morning so I was like okay I have to wake up in three hours anyway so keep the lights on and naturally wake up so I don't like fall into REM sleep all of a sudden I toss and turn I'm sure like two hours have passed and now Papa Roach is flying he's <gasps> yeah. flying everywhere in this dang room and he's, he's a big one he's not like those little roaches he is like a proper full-size like patriarch Yep. um I'm just like oh no and this is another thing about me i don't sleep with the air conditioner because i believe the air conditioner makes people sick but i was like okay time to put on the air conditioner and like i put on this heavy duvet cover and i think i like suffocated underneath it because i just passed out <laughs> then all of a sudden the most jarring thing in the world happens no i can just feel this <gasps> cockroach all over my leg like i am I had slept and it woke me up no. by crawling up my legs and i'm like in like little sleep shorts like screaming bloody murder I'm like ah and my friend who you know owns the house I was like Kelly Kelly and she thought like the way that I reacted to it she thought that I had like that there was an intruder in the home so she's like running down with her little puppy Fenway she's like what's wrong and I was like the cockroach (laughs) and she's like wait are you serious she's like didn't you grow up in the Philippines I was like they don't fly there (laughs) so needless to say we just went on this major story about this cockroach but you know like Kelly like she is one of those people who surprises me like I thought she was gonna be like ah squealing and then her, you know, fiance would run down, and she's like, "Oh no, you didn't, Mr. Cockaroo! Not on my watch!" And she had like like an action scene with this cockroach she was like, pulling the bed apart like it was flying at her she was like protecting herself with this book I mean it was an out of body experience for me I was like I don't know what's happening right now and I'm terrified I'm also very scared of all animals so her like little puppy was like scratching me and I was like please don't touch me well, I'm scared and it was an empath too because it was like I don't want you to be scared so I'm gonna go upstairs now yeah. you have a lot of frantic energy this is what I imagine her puppy talking if yeah. I mean in in my head but yeah she was like okay now I've killed it goodbye and I was like oh god oh god!" this was the only moment when I was like rose colored glasses have come off um in Vietnam but yeah she was I was like that was so scary she's like girl what is happening to you I was like I only have enough mental bandwidth for so many things girl yeah it was it was pretty funny and needless to say she's always joking around about the roaches now But there you have it, folks.
0: I'm scared of roaches. (laughs) Wow. Well done. That was quite the performance. Fantastic. (laughs) I was hooked. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Only you can make a story about a
2: cockroach. So thrilling. And she's like, can I video this for, like, my Instagram? And I was like, I'm ready for it. I'm, like, going to rehearse it. Act two, scene one. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) You've got it down.
0: Oh, my 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 God. Amazing. (laughs) So... So you had this intention to do this creative immersion. Yeah, it just really struck me because some people, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, going to go back for a trip and whatever, going to see my friends and, you know, just kind of loosey goosey about the whole thing. But you were like, you know, I have this limited time. I have things that I want to do, people I want to see. So what did this creative immersion really mean to you and what did that kind of entail?
2: Yeah, um, so to preface it with my blog, I just uh, went through this major revamp. Like I told you, I was in such a creative spirit after the wedding. And I think weddings are one of the only things in your life where you get to really do a systems audit. You get to reevaluate everything in your life and go, is this serving me? Is this not serving me? And I looked at my blog and I was like, well, why am I doing this blog? I mean, who is it for? What's the audience? I mean, who's the audience? Like, why am I writing what I'm writing? And and it just didn't reflect me at the end of the day. It was uh, the past version of me. So I spruced it up and it took two months to do that. But, you know, with intention and I think paired with discipline as well, too, mm-hmm. I was able to get it rolling. Um, but there are new components of my blog now. Like I really wanted to do a merch line because, like I said, I graphic design. So, one thing I'd love to do is just to like create to create and I think uh, t-shirts are a really good segue or like creating merch for a brand that's already established is a really good segue to do something new. And so one thing about Vietnam um, and my husband's also in like the apparel game is like printing costs. And so like, for example, in the United States, like one shirt costs $20 to print like one shirt and they don't do anything except for like a minimum of 30 orders. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's just too big of a risk. And being the pragmatic that I am too, I was um, just making sure that if I was going to do it, it had to be low risk, but I just wanted to know. So I bought all these shirts and I was like, okay, I'm going to get them printed in Vietnam. I've done it before. So, I actually have all of the shirts that I printed, and I had this like again. This was my great intention. This is like one of the big the big projects I had here. So I had actually all of these intention intentions set into different categories. So I was like, these are my personal intentions. These are my professional intentions. Uh, these are my Vietnam intentions because also when I was living here in Vietnam, I was a broke biddy, <laughs> broke biddy meaning I had no money, um, and so now I've been able to like do things I never got to do um, in. Vietnam. Vietnam. Vietnam like tomorrow I'm going to take a cooking class for like my last day Mm -hmm. just because I didn't get to do that and I really wanted to Mm -hmm. but those are like the kind of intentions like for my personal intentions so one of my girlfriends here um is adopting a Vietnamese baby and I just wanted to she's not a baby anymore she's actually been fostering her for like a total of three years but I met her as a baby and now she's just like this amazing human being a product of you know her environment um with this loving friend of mine and so I was like I want her to know who I am um, because she's so important to my girlfriend so came back here for that and on the professional front it's like okay yeah I'm gonna start up my merch line like I'm gonna do my trial pilot run here and so I've been like really really systemic or a systematic with my whole approach Mm -hmm. um it almost seems like very rigid but I think you and I align with this Dana and even um, you and I alum it's just like you walk into a space and you know there's things you need to do but you kind of just are like go with the flow so even like with my shirt thing I wasn't like okay I'm gonna go do my shirt right now it was like today maybe I'll do my shirt but I know that I have to do my shirts Mm, um, and print my shirts and so needless to say I've done all of these things, and for mo- for the most part, everything that I've wanted to do um, has, you know, happened. It's been engineered um, in that regard, and I've been able to execute it. And it's also so-, so cool. I actually read this, like, really great, you know, book, and it was talking about, like, if you will, something that the whole universe will, like, put it into fruition so long as you manifest it because it's an energy vortex, And so I told everybody, I was like, I have a list of things I want to do in Vietnam, and all of my friends have conspired with me to make it happen. So it's all about just like vocalizing your intention, too. You can have like the intent to do something within you, but I think that when you expose it to the universe, you'll be surprised at how many people want to collaborate with you to make it happen. And sometimes it only happens at that point in time. That's what I've even learned about the creative process. Um, So even with these shirts, I was like, hey, can you guys give me opinions? And by guys, I mean, like, my friends here. And everyone's been, like, so honest and so supportive. Um, So, yeah, so that's a little bit – I honestly don't know the original question. I was like, oh, no, this is so easy to ramble. (laughs) Um, But you you reel me back in, girl. You reel me back in. Yeah,
0: no, no, I I like what you were saying about how putting it out there, but also, yeah, taking action as well because it's like, yeah, we can – we can sit and meditate and say our affirmations like I am abundant and things like that. But if you're not doing anything to like actually make that happen, then right you're on. just saying words and you're just a crazy person.
2: Yep. <laughs> that is a very true statement.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Anything you wanna say too long? Well, I just really enjoy the everything that Mill said, it just like makes sense so much to me and, mm. and resonates like in the deep sense. And I think what you're trying to say is like like um from my point of view is like it's it needs like a, a balance between um believing uh, and doing yes right yes. so yeah like we need both of that to really manifest something into reality and um i just think like a lot of people that they just um don't know like how to do it like appropriately and that's why like Part of my job is also to bring in that awareness, like, hey, like it's good to have faith, but, you know, it's just, like, it's not enough if you just pray God to give you, like, like to, to help you win lottery. You need to go buy the lottery yourself. <laughs> yes, <girl>. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah.
0: And, Lam, do you see with your clients, like, how would you describe someone who is living without intention? What does a life look like where someone just has no, like, intentionality? Mm,
1: um, mm, Well, usually they come to me with this kind of, like, like right away I can feel that they're lost. And usually I can tell it is in in their eyes. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how I usually read people visually. I, I see, I look at their eyes and it just, like, tells the truth, like, pretty much right away. And um, so it just starts off with like the question of not knowing who they really are and it it makes sense because like nowadays we're so like bombarded with information Mm -hmm. like so much to the point that we're so confused and then with confusion and if it's not resolved properly then it will elevate up to anxiety. And a lot of people are anxious these days, even without knowing why. You just like wake up and you feel anxious for no reason, or you just like go and hang out with your friends, and then one moment you feel super, you know, fun, and then the next moment you just feel anxious for no reason. And I just realized that it's just because like we're just so like filled up with information, and Mm. we need to learn how to differentiate. Which is ours, and which which information come from others. And as an empath, I'm the one that usually like gets like affected the most because an empath like is born with no boundary. Mm-hmm. We just take in like a sponge. We take in information. So it's really like essential to first of all to really know who you are, and I think it's like our responsibility you know to get to know who we really are what our like design is like you know like for example like What kind of cars you know like are you like a toyota you're audi or you're like a a ferrari you need to know your design because like everyone is different and if you like a a bus then you can figure out a way to how to become the best bus in the world but you cannot become a ferrari it's just like impossible i love
0: this analogy
1: (laughs) wow oh my goodness this is amazing can i be a (laughs) semi-truck yeah (laughs) I think they're they all adorable. And if you really know your thing, and then you pump it up, my god, you rock. You rock! Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm
2: honestly. I feel like I'm in like a therapy session right now. I'm just (laughs) like, that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) So lucky! I see why this friendship is what it is. Just two beautiful people like maximizing quality of life together.
1: Yeah, every time I'm with her, I just feel like I'm expanding and growing like continuously. Me too. Yeah, just
0: bring out the best in each other. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think it's really important what you said about how there's just so much information out there and mm-hmm. you kind of lose yourself in all this information because that Def- that this is like the hardest thing that I struggle with personally yeah. and I am like so anxious all the time and and then I'll do things like go buy CBD oil and
1: i like <laughs> help me like, <laughs> and, oh god yeah, yeah, like, try, calm down <laughs> and,
0: uh, yeah it's just like constant breakdown after breakdown and yep. it's just information overload and yeah like I was saying before where you You look at examples of other people doing what you want to do successfully, but you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and mix and match different advice because, yeah, everyone's out there like this is the way to do it. I know the best way. And if you're not following me, like you're going to do it wrong and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. and. I think you kind of just have to understand how the world works in that way and that yeah. like everyone is out there selling something at the end of the day mm-hmm. and you can't, you know, it's it's easy to get caught up in that like I'm like, "Oh, yep, here's my credit card." Like yeah. solve all my problems, but that's the opposite of being intentional
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's mm-hmm. like you're not
0: really thinking before you pull out the credit card. It's just kind of like taking in everything someone's saying and just like oh oh yeah
1: okay mm-hmm. you know yeah I think like that yeah like we really need to set the intention to set the boundaries like again like who we are what what we what I really want mm-hmm. versus like what others want because like I I can I can kind of like again as an empath I can like get like why they, they can sometimes like become so strong about what what they say because it's their truth. Mm-hmm. It's their truth. And that's why they feel so like, you know, like strongly like believe in it. Yeah, because it's their truth. But it it doesn't necessarily be your truth. Mm-hmm. So is it's, yes, it's your job to like, oh wow, look at that person. Like he's so like believing his truth and he's like, you know, living his truth. So how, how can I apply that you know, mm-hmm. to myself? What is my truth?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What is my truth? So I usually like, uh, guide my clients to just like listen to the vibe, to the intention, to the energy that is being conveyed by what they say, but not exactly the words that they say. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's actually the energy is how we feel that determines like, our actions. Right, like you, you only do things that you like, Mm -hmm. and liking is feeling.
0: Yes, Yes. Yes. and that was another piece of, you know, like so. Before this podcast, I kind of did some quick googling, like you know what, what is intention? Like, what are people saying out there about Mm -hmm. what is intention? And trying to boil it down to a few things because a lot of people say a lot of stuff, and there's some common threads in there. So, yeah, one of them was. Understanding why you do what you do and why you don't do what you don't do, and understanding like stepping back and observing your thoughts and beliefs, and like, why am I, why am I, why did I just have that thought? And Mm -hmm. why did I just get triggered by that situation?
1: Yeah, you start questioning everything Mm -hmm. instead of just like blindly believing everything that people tell you. That's when you start growing up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah,
0: and it sounds like that kind of happened with you when you were looking back at your blog and being like, hmm, is this really me? Like, do you I feel like you kind of were questioning following along right. with um, other successful blogs that you'd seen out there and like, oh, well, they're doing it that way. So, well, you know,
2: this is like the funny thing about me is and and what you said, Lam, it's all about like Speaking your truth and finding your truth and for me I mean the reason why I'm a travel blogger is not because I had like this purpose to like monetize it's really the the person who I am at the core this this travel um, traveler in a Mm -hmm. sense and I've been traveling for a very long time and I wasn't honoring my stories properly and it just made sense for me to create a blog as an archive so one of my strengths is like and I go by strengths in the Clifton Strengths Finder definition by Gallup. Yes. This is not a product placement, but I am a, a firm believer in this kind of like personality um, test brand, etc. Uh, but inputters are basically people who archive. Um, they love to collect things and they put it um, in a way that makes sense to them, like in let's say a scrapbook. But it's, it's a very personal project. It's not meant for others. But what I will say is when I created the blog, I was like, not only can I honor my journeys, but I can also do what I love doing the most, which is helping others. Um, and that's really why it started. But this is like part of the thing that's like gotten me hung up in my whole like blogging journey is that a lot of people don't understand that it, it's very easy to start like thinking about, okay, well, if this has taken like $2,000, maybe I should start like investing time in it to make it, like, monetize. Um, and by $2,000, I mean, like, hosting and this and that and, like, mm-hmm. your your equipment, like, your cameras. Like, everything is always outdated, so you're always upgrading something. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, but then I think about people who have hobbies. Like, there are so many people who, yeah, pay thousands of dollars for new cameras just because they just want to be good photographers, and they love doing that. Mm-hmm. And I just love blogging to blog, and it's something that's not really... It doesn't really... Um, match up with a lot of other people's journeys and I get that. But what I will say about travel and talking about this in my own experiences that world has been my great teacher in telling me like, this is your truth, this is my truth, and these truths can exist in the same space. Yeah. But if you start, you know, projecting your worldview onto me, like I started think crafting my self awareness because I was like, wait, wait, this is not how I operate and I don't want you to, you know, Push your worldview on me, but I respect that. And so I think this is like the formation of the healthy boundaries that I have now. Like, I have such a strong inner voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like the joke, you know, they're like the voice inside your head, you're like Mm -hmm. a little bit crazy. And (laughs) I am actually, I have a lot of mental health issues. I've been like very vocal about it, the social anxiety. And, you know, like my social anxiety is not like concerned about what other people think, it's like just knowing who I am so strongly that when other people don't accept that, I'm just like, that's like the conflict at hand. I was like, that makes me anxious because I was like, how can I ever like be true to myself if all of these people are rejecting that? Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the day, I was like, this is my marathon, not their marathon. This is my life, not their life. And I've come so much at peace with that. And I think that's the reason why I just have such a new fresh outlook on Vietnam, because I'm not pretending that they have to cater to me or that I have to cater to them. I'm very much like a participant but also like an observer um, in the sense. And I've been able to like marry those two identities. Mm -hmm. Um, So, just with travel, just with that worldview situation. And, you know, we were talking about this when we were, you know, doing our little coffee chat, getting Mm -hmm. to know each other. And you said to me, like, you've just like made a home everywhere, Mm -hmm. Um, even though you've been to so many places um, and it's easy to feel lost in those situations where it's like, where do I belong? Where do I fit in? But home is not a place for me. It's very much a mindset for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel at home in myself and even this whole like voice inside of my head One day I woke up and I was like, the voice inside of my head is not like noise, it's myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I start listening to it and I start nurturing it, then I can actually hear what I need to say to myself all the time. So I feel like Millette (laughs) 2.0 and by Millette 2.0, I mean like not Izzy anymore, Millette (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. was like, hey, I'm I'm me. That's a whole story, too, about Millette, where I told Mm -hmm. you Izzy was a name imposed to me by a lazy teacher who just didn't want to say my name and I assumed that personality and I say assumed because I really actually like I tell people this story where I would be Izzy outside and then I would shed my skin and become Millette at home where Millette is my my true Filipino name like my true nickname the name that I've always wanted to go by Um, but I noticed that like Izzy started taking on her own personality she was very much like this happy co-lucky person who'd always be like a yes person even if it like didn't, you know, match up with her belief system. Mm-hmm. And the minute I like reclaim my name and have been Millette, I've like become a little bit more assertive. I have a little bit more of a backbone. I'm still me. And it's always been me. And that's what my you know, my cousin who was like chatting with me, and she's always known me as Millette. And she's like, How beautiful is, is that you had a journey to yourself? Like, you made this full journey to yourself. And I was like, Whoa, whoa, <laughs> let me write this down in my journal. Yes. Like, wow. Like, even self help, too. I was like, Self help is not about somebody selling you this product, it's about like giving yourself self sufficiency, like that you can help yourself. It's like embedded in this whole mm-hmm. idea of self help. So, Um, that's my intention for this next decade of my life for this time of being you know entering into like this mentality of potentially being a mother of what my life is going to look like you know with other people that I'm thinking about I want to hone that person who is just so self-confident and so self-aware so that I don't get lost Um, Mm -hmm. because yeah and I know our culture and by our I mean American culture it really commodifies time right but time is a finite resource there is not a lot of, like, you can make errors, you can make failures, but if you're not learning and growing from them and you find yourself in, like, this cycle, like, mm-hmm. that's that, that whole mentality of being lost. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm, like, very deliberate with my choices. I was like, I don't have a lot of time to keep on making the, the same mistakes. And I think that's why people... Like, I am not accomplished in my own belief set and I'm still like trying to reconcile that, you know. Um, But I think it's good to have a little bit of humility in the creative process, because if you think that you're like accomplished and you're achieving anything, then you're not going to like continue on improving on yourself and, and there won't be room for growth. But I've heard so many people who especially like from my friends who are like, it's been two and a half years and, you know, people have been watching you and seeing you grow And I think that's the whole thing for me is like, I think I've been just using my time very wisely. Mm -hmm. And that's my intention um, in life.
0: That's so powerful. Yeah, Yeah. you, yeah, you don't feel like an Izzy at all to me. Like, that's really nice. Yeah, I (laughs) feel like Millette is just like, I mean, I didn't know you as Izzy, so I don't know, but it just, yeah, that feels more right. And yeah, I wanted to Bring up how you your situation growing up you were kind of back and forth between the Philippines and America Mm -hmm. and a lot of times I hear about people who kind of grew up in these cross-cultural situations like culture clash and third culture kid like things like that and they just have such an identity crisis and they have no idea yeah like they there's no home for them Um, so what kind of advice would you give for someone like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the identity crisis is is so natural, and especially if you're navigating between two systems, and it's like that whole idea of what is right and what is wrong. But I think if you abolish that mindset of there is a right and there is a wrong, um, that's one way you find some inner peace in all of it. Mm. And, you know, it's like we celebrate our uniqueness so much. Like, why do we have to feel like we have to belong to something? Though, granted, I will say, you know, I'm very proud of being Um, Filipino but it's very interesting not until I came abroad did I realize that I was American uh, what a crazy thing to me feel, too. right?
0: Yeah. And then you're like, what is American?
2: Like, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like back in the United States, it'd be like, oh, I'm Filipino. Like, that's yes. all I am. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to be. And then I came abroad and people would be like, oh, you're Filipino. I was like, well, no, I'm like from the United States. I've lived there. I've grown up there. And they're like, mm, you're still Filipino. And I was like, this is a right. You know, this is like what my parents wanted for me. And I realized like uh, to some effect, yeah, like that's where you like start navigating your um your, your personality, uh, your identity, who you're supposed to be, who you are, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm not afraid of those like contentious spaces where you know I'm trying to find meaning. I mean, or like I'm not afraid of contentious spaces because I think that's the only time that you can really find that meaning. Um, it's like all those challenges and like at the end of a challenge it's like you've like gotten your gold treasure I feel like those kind of situations are like you have to navigate it so you can get that gold treasure and I feel like I've taken bits and pieces from every place I've been so Vietnam wasn't the only place I lived I lived in Korea I lived in Thailand as well like these year-long immersions Mm -hmm. and I always call it immersion because like I'm immersed in something but I know that it's temporary um, and even the Philippines almost feels like an immersion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I do truly feel like, not necessarily a global citizen, but the world is my home and I will always find a home somewhere because my home is also myself too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Lam, any thoughts that you have about any of that? Well, for
1: the whole time. She just like, said just... so much like amazing yeah. things. Everything, like, everything she's like, saying, me. I'm just like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's that. I again, I, I can resonate so much with you when it comes to like, it doesn't matter where you go, once you found your inner guidance and you start really like cooperating with it, following it. Like, it's just like the more you you follow it, trust it, and then the stronger it becomes, the clearer it will it will get, and then you just feel more like in tune with yourself. You feel more grounded in your body and and then that's that's home so it's just like wherever you go you're you're already home and actually my phone's password is home
2: unconsciously years
1: back way back i just like what's the password like home (laughs) because i've been i I have been like wanting to find home like i don't know like i I was so lost Mm -hmm. when i was younger and i just can't like constantly try to find like where i belong and then just eventually it's i don't know if you're familiar with this um a hero's journey no so it's like um i forgot the term so it, it, it's it's like um well the term was like i think uh, established by this man his name is joseph campbell mm-hmm. and he's like an expert in dreams oh yeah and um, so, you know, like Harry Potter, a lot of the drinks and those plots, they all imply uh, the same storyline. A uh, hero's journey, mm-hmm. which actually that describes every one of us journey. So you go, you started off with like feeling lost. You feel like you don't belong mm-hmm. to the place you were born. And so you start embarking on a journey to find yourself. And on the way of finding yourself, you face a lot of demons and challenges, mm. right? And temptations. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then eventually you overcome and you tame, like, the dragon, you know, the... the, the, the
0: Voldemort. Yeah, the Voldemort, right? <laughs> Voldemort, <laughs> yes.
1: Um, and then you realize, like, oh, my God, like that part that that shadow is also me so you actually come all the way to realize your shadow and integrate your shadow and and your light and then what happens next you come back home I
2: love that so much. I know, I'm literally like, wait, I have to write all of this. Oh, my God. Well,
0: I think that's an amazing place to stop, actually. How do you guys feel?
2: I I think that's just, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: feel good. Like, I'm so happy that you guys came on here, and I'm so happy with this shift in the format. I feel really aligned with it, and this was super fun, and I think we got a lot of amazing amazing conversation in here so thank you so much um do you have any kind of shout outs or like calls to action for people listening what's your website okay okay yeah
2: Um, So you can find me at www.thenextsomewhere.com. It's very fun. It's a great destination resources. I really curate it for um, the independent traveler in mind. but I really go in depth in the culture and the food. Um, I also love lifestyle, so I'm kind of known for my holiday gift guides. It's going to be released in hopefully two weeks um, while the sales are strong. (laughs) <laughs> uh, in the 2019 buying season, I am a servant to capitalism, and I'm not ashamed of that. Uh, another call, yeah, America. <laughs> <laughs> um, another call to action is you can find me um, on my Instagram at the next somewhere um, hashtag where to next, and um, I will be launching a destination wedding planning platform um, soon to be. So if you plan to get married somewhere and want to do it in a nice, sensitive manner, and you don't want to carry any stress at Prima, P-R-I-M-A, Destinations with an S, Weddings wedding no prima destinations oh my gosh how did I just mess that up <laughs> still hasn't launched so I haven't perfected it but it's at prima destinations um, thank you so much for having me Dana and Lam this has been Aww. so much fun um, it was I was a little nervous at the beginning because I, I was like I actually haven't heard myself talk with microphone or headphones on rather but
0: me neither but it's not so bad it really is oh my god it's amazing what, <laughs> what are you guys <laughs> talking about
2: <laughs> shout out to at wave
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you waves um, and Lam do you want to say again I know you said it on your previous episode but how people can find you as well um, yeah
1: you can find me via Facebook um, mm-hmm. that um, tarot into clarity well yeah I use tarot I used to use tarot oh, wow. um, as a tool to guide people you know like die deep into their subconscious and to bring out like pieces that they're not aware of and I'm still doing that um Mm, and yeah and you also can find me on instagram same name or you can just like probably dana will put like the information right like Mm -hmm. uh, below the podcast so Mm -hmm. yeah you can check it out over there too yeah yeah. absolutely and
0: i'm dana drejos you can find me at dana.drejos d-r-a-h-o-s on instagram Uh, i am a actually full-time a podcast producer so i help people to launch their own podcasts or to manage their podcasts doing the editing show notes writing uh social media promotion so if any of you out there are thinking of starting your own podcast but you don't know where to start i can help you so reach out to me uh creators in saigon we are on instagram at creators in saigon so please follow along uh and you can always email us creators at gmail.com if you have any feedback for the show i would absolutely love to hear it or any guest suggestions or if you want to become a guest uh, yeah so thank you guys and that's it we'll see you next time thank you, Yay. you.
2: thank
1: you